Welcome to Chatting with Chemeketa, the show where we talk about everything related to college. Whether you're someone considering coming to Chemeketa, a current student, an alum, a member of the community, or a part of our local business and industry, we've got you covered. I'm Jessica Howard, Chemeketa's president. And I'm Les Wilgus. Today we are going to talk about something that is a huge concern for both individuals and businesses. It's cybersecurity. You may not know this, but Shemekra is recognized for cybersecurity excellence in teaching. You are so right, Les. It is definitely a pride point for all of us. And we've invited Nicholas Burgess from our new Shemekra Cybersecurity Center for Academic Excellence to tell us a little more about this fantastic study space for cybersecurity students. Thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure and an honor to be here today. Thank you. And Nick, uh, before we dive into the details about the center and the cybersecurity, security program. I'm wondering if you've always been interested in cybersecurity? I have always had a passion for cybersecurity, but before I go there, let me explain a little bit about myself. Right. So I actually went to Chemeketa also. <gasps> and with the Chemeketa ASOT, I took that to Western Oregon and got my undergrad in business IT and entrepreneurship. At that point in my life, I realized this is probably not what I want to do forever. So I switched fields a little bit and went from there to management and information systems. Oh, I thought you were going to say music theater. <laughs> Dang. Could have been. Maybe okay. in another life. Has another anybody time, else another in the room been into that? I don't know if anyone else has. So you can do jazz hands here in, still, the, in the booth. <laughs> on the doctorate level, I still have yeah. a chance. Right? There, you go. there you go. So one thing I did want to mention is that Cybersecurity is a passion of mine, but my education was in business and tech. So this is something that I've picked up over the last two or three years. My interest has grown greatly, and the reason is world affairs. And so technological advances through AI, through machine learning, digital currency, crypto, data mining, scraping, all these things we hear about that we might not even know about. They're fascinating topics, and the truth is that there's vulnerabilities on every single end of these. And so what the world needs, what Oregon needs, we need more cybersecurity professionals, if you're listening. You know, all those terms that you just mentioned, I didn't know half of them. Did you, Les? Well, you know, the only one scraping? that kind of, well, see, I, I was thinking about data mining scraping, and I started putting, like, I can sort of figure what it is, but that phrase kind of threw me, so. So there are things, we leave a digital trail every time we do something online, and a lot of times what we're doing is we're leaving pennies on the ground. That information is worth money, and that can be repurposed into an ad later, or a targeted ad, or something something similar. So um, wow. if anybody's interested more in this, we'll talk about our CAE today, and how you could come in, and I can we can talk more about that topic, perhaps. And so... <laughs> <laughs> that sounds fascinating. I'm feeling like I need to get over there really, really fast. We'll see you soon. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. I think you have enough things to do, you know, like running a college. You know? I know, but it, it's, but you know what? There's some, there, there's so much that is really, really frightening yeah. about cyber crime. And so that's why I think this is really important to hear about. Yeah. And there's a lot of crime, like Jessica's saying, and this is why we need more experts. We need, we need more people in this field. Speaking of, let me bring something from the very end here. This is something you might be interested in. The number of online job listings for cybersecurity related positions from September 22 through August, 2023 was 572,392. And this, this is the this number again, that I pulled today. This is the number of, what was the, the part again? That's from cybersecurity related positions, but is that locally or like this nationally? is in the United States. In the okay. United States. Yes, I so, probably should have mentioned that. Okay. So five hundred seventy-three thousand. Yes, that correct. Yeah, crazy. over a half okay. a million unfilled positions, and that unfilled. number is only going up. So unfilled, unfilled oh, positions. That's even crazier. Yeah, I so thought that's how many people. Yeah, cybersecurity experts. In well, the then, how, how many? Uh, just for like a percentage sake, how many people are working in it roughly? So, I, mean, you know, I believe the number that I saw was seventy-four percent of positions go unfilled. So, wow, that's a lot. That's yeah. crazy. So there are jobs out there 
for yeah. this. This should be across the United States. Of course, some of these jo- there are, a lot of these are isolated. And let's say Texas has a lot of jobs for cybersecurity. Uh, mm-hmm. California, mm-hmm. I think on the East Coast there was a couple states where it was a lot heavier concentrated. It's not mm-hmm. the same, of course. Montana, Oregon, bigger states are going to have less, but it's a very big number. Wow. So this is this is something for students to think about because it's of course a career option. Of course, of course it is. Yeah. So, so where does our Schmeckata Cyber Security Center for Academic Excellence, how does that play into all of this? And that's a great question. So let's talk about, let's talk a little bit more about this cybersecurity center. Before I do that, I want to mention a couple maybe awards or recognition that we've received. So Chemeketa Community College is a national center for academic excellence in cyber defense, presented in recognition of significant contributions in support of the National Initiative for Cybersecurity Education. Here at Chemeketa Community College, we're also a regional leader in cybersecurity education. We have received a grant through the Northwest Cyber Camp to hold a week-long cybersecurity camp this summer, 2024, to try to bring more high school students to Chemeketa to become interested in this field and to promote what we do here. So is that, you know, students who are entering freshmen, sophomore, juniors kind of thing? A high school student who is a senior might be probably interested in this. Okay. It's a camp. Yeah, so that's going to be a week-long camp, and I believe a week later we have our career technical education camp where we also do cyber for four days straight. That is incredible. This new space, so the Cybersecurity Center for Academic Excellence, is a designated space for cybersecurity students. It is in Building 4, Room 222. Please come see me. (laughs) And so, so what have we done? We've done a lot of work to update this space. So what have we added? Why would a cybersecurity student want to spend time in this space? So we have brand new desks, power to these desk, desks, direct connection to our network. Uh, let me say something here. I hope our dean is listening. I might have even requested a Miss Pac-Man arcade. <laughs> now, will we get it? I'm not sure. If you but get a Miss so. Pac-Man arcade, I will be there. I, I'm I just telling wait. you that right now. I would love that. It would be so much fun. and so someone might think well that's that's a little bit silly this is a cybersecurity center for academic excellence and those people over there are playing miss pac-man well video games and things like this they are they help critical thinking they help problem solving reasoning they give us the tools to think outside the box a lot of times these things are more than just games they're ways to think differently about the same problem Hmm. okay yeah i encourage this at home too I feel like I should start playing some games. Maybe or just get a just get a Pac-Man, a Ms. Ms. Pac-Man Ms. Uh, Ms. arcade game, the full <laughs> size, you know, in the yeah. basement, and you know, you'll be set. Hey, they have them at Best Buy. <laughs> okay, now we know. <laughs> <laughs> and so, a couple more things I wanted to mention here, really quick today: the National Cyber League. So we have cybersecurity students compete annually against community colleges here across the United States. These students will be competing in the new space this year, oh. so they'll have an opportunity to work there and have an isolated space without distraction without noise, without anything like that. Oh, I like that. Just for yeah. these students. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so a little bit of information for you from the past. So Chemeketa Cybersecurity students took part in the National Cyber League's spring competition the weekend of April 15th to 17th, 2023. Out of 3,600 teams, Chemeketa Community College's cybersecurity competition team placed in the top 15% of all college and university competitive cybersecurity teams in the United States. Oh, nice. And how, how, do you, how is this determined? Oh, as a competition. competition. Yeah. And then, I mean, how do you compete so i believe that they compete doing problem solving yeah so they do different types of problem solving exercises mm-hmm. um or do you all try to hack each other and whoever in the most gentle <laughs> way possible we don't like way. using that word but uh <laughs> that's pretty awesome so obviously we've got a team we've got kind of a presence at these competitions. We now have the center. When was the center actually created? So the center was, our grand opening was 
finalized October 17th of 2023, where we had an opening. Mm -hmm. Something I've been working on since I've been in this position is to try to make that space available to students and a place where they want to spend time, where they want to learn. Sure. And are the students who go, who visit the Cybersecurity Center, are they typically pursuing the cyber academic track that we have at Chemeketa? And what does that look like? A fantastic question. I was just going to talk about it. Oh, excellent. So... (laughs) No, they're not always cybersecurity students is what I find. Uh, A lot of times they're students that I've had previously and they want to come in and they want to talk and and we talk more in depth about these topics, about what I mentioned earlier, so vulnerabilities, scraping, data mining and stuff like that. But it is surprising that actually what I've seen is that we get students come in, they feel comfortable studying there, whether they're cybersecurity students or not. And they use that space just to study, just to do whatever work they have. I would encourage any student, whether you're on the cyber track or not, Mm -hmm. to use this space as a study space or a place to learn something new. We can help you navigate through any potential security breaches or concerns. I've had students tell me, well, they clicked on the link. What now? So if you have a question like that, I would say, don't panic. Leave the anxiety to us. We'll panic for you. Bring it to us. You know, say, pull all the wires. Any wires you see, pull them out. (laughs) Don't pull the wires. (laughs) Just don't worry. And and bring that information to us, and we can help you direct you into the the right way. What are the appropriate steps after I have had a data breach? Maybe I put a password in a place where it doesn't belong. What do I do now? Are you saying this is a part of an exercise versus... Oh, this is real life. Real life. Okay. This is real life. So we can come in, and and we can talk about what what ifs. But a lot of times from students, what I have gotten is, hey, I made made a mistake, Nick. What now? (laughs) And so then we talk about what to do. Should we change the password? I would ask, are all your passwords matching? And I would hope the answer is no. Okay. That's that's a good start. The answer is no. Definitely no. Okay. What's the best practice with passwords? Just like a couple, if you could say just what are like maybe two things you should do with passwords, what two would you pick? Okay. I would say based on the math for a four digit pin, if you reuse the numbers, there is 10,000 combinations. If I have a 12 character long password, right now I include lowercase, I increase the amount of combinations. And every time I add something like, let's make it a 16 character password instead, including lowercase and uppercase and special characters, I believe that that number would be the amount of letters in the password site's a 12 digit password to be 12 to the power of 95 if we include all of the special characters lowercase wow. and uppercase and that's a number i can't pronounce as you add in it just you make it harder harder for somebody to to hack it hack that password right yeah well if someone wants to hack that password they have to start off with something i mean how are they going to guess that I just add even the word, you know, table to the sure. password. You I'll know, tell and, you, Liz. Okay. <laughs> I will listen. <laughs> I would use social engineering. So the easiest way to hack you is with zero technical knowledge. It's to use social engineering techniques such as shoulder surfing. Maybe you're hanging out in a space that you think is secure, but I just saw you type in the first four letters of that password. And now so maybe physical. I know that it's, yeah, so yeah, okay. being right. around you. So that's I one. I know about shoulder surfing. Another one that's popular is, is just befriending somebody with the intent of manipulation to get certain phrases and, and words out of you. Let me give you a couple. Mother's maiden name, first high school, first pet. Mm. Do you know where these questions are coming from? These are usually questions, security questions, security yeah. questions right. for two-factor authentication. Mm-hmm. So now that I know this information about you, I can guess that you're using your favorite pet's color, maybe with a combination of your birth year. And if I knew that you had kids, I would venture to guess that you might throw in their birth dates because mm. that's something that somebody who I know does. Well, that's that's very spooky. <laughs> so, so are you pointing over there? So listen, before we get too freaked out about all the mistakes we're all making today with our passwords, can you tell me really fast? 
asked about our CIS degree options for students. I would love to. And yeah. so we do offer a two-year degree in computer information systems here at Chemekada, and that is a department that I teach in. So I teach here. I am adjunct faculty here. I'm also an instructional specialist. So if you're interested in this and you like what you're hearing, I do teach with CIS 101 and 120. CIS 120 will be a part of the cyber degree. CIS 101 would be a part of the two-year CIS degree. And what I want to mention here when it comes to the either the CIS degree or the cyber degree, when these degrees are created, we look at a lot of things, comprehensive things. So what would benefit the student the most outside of the classroom when they hit the workforce? For example, we have industry certifications in cybersecurity. Let's say CompTIA, security plus is one, CompTIA A plus. Not everybody knows what those are, but that's okay. In our field, that would be something that we should know of. For example, let's say you're doing the CIS two-year degree. You take a class called CIS 140A. What we do in that class is we would prepare you for the CompTIA A plus exam. So you will get credit for it towards your two-year degree here at Chemekada, which is very valuable. This is how I got work. And on top of that, you will be prepared for an industry certification. Now, a student does have to take that exam themselves. They do have to schedule that exam mm -hmm. themselves. So mm -hmm. it's a proctored exam, and then they, they can also do that here on campus if they want. This is something that is so fascinating, and it's also an incredible career path for students. And it's also something that affects all of us because we live in the cyber world, right, in the world of digital technology. So I think this is one of those topics we should have you back on to talk about, uh, Nick. And for everyone listening, I just think this is really, really exciting to hear about. If you have any questions about what we've just covered or comments about today's show, please write to us at chatter at chemeketa.edu. We'll answer your questions through email or on an upcoming show. So just want to thank you, Nick, for coming by the studio today. Jessica and Les, thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to come back. We can't take this for so much uh, longer, but you know, time, time, it just crushes us. We need to take a break. So uh, in the meantime, I'll make sure um, Jessica's passwords are all secure, but uh, <laughs> we'll be right back. So stay tuned. Hey, new and prospective students, Chemeketa has exciting news. You may qualify for scholarships that may pay all or some of your tuition and fees for the new school year if you are in one of our human services or behavioral health programs. Scholarship selection focuses on students who are dedicated to providing inclusive care to our communities and who can bring fresh perspectives and better cultural understanding. Preference is given to students with high financial need including DACA and international students, first-generation students, bilingual students, and you must respond to at least one short answer question on the scholarship application. Even if you don't think you meet these specific criteria, submit an application. You might be surprised. And the best news? You don't need a perfect GPA to qualify. For more information, visit go.chmeketa.edu slash scholarships or call 503-365-4747. Welcome back to Chatting with Chemeketa. And Les, I have some great news. I just can't wait. I knew you'd say that. Well, you don't have to wait very long. I'm excited to share that Chemeketa was recently awarded a couple of grants that will help students in rural areas complete their college education. And this is really fabulous. I've asked Sarah Hastings, our Dean of High School Partnerships, to drop by and tell us all the details. And she's here now. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you, Les, for inviting me to be on today. Okay. Now, uh, Sarah, you have an interesting title. Before you tell us about the grants, maybe you can talk about 
what high school partnerships are. Yes. So Chemeketa's Office of High School Partnerships is really a hub for our underage and high school programming at the college. So we offer a variety of programs to support students, including youth GED, early college opportunities to take courses on any of our campus locations. We have College Credit Now's dual credit program, youth career connected learning programs for those students wanting to connect to workforce opportunities. We have an alternative high school program through Roberts at Chemeketa, Youth English Now to develop English language skills, our summer CTE experience. So thank you, Nick, for that shout out <laughs> earlier for that. There will be cybersecurity at that one. And let's not forget driver education and motorcycle training, which I think was featured earlier yes. on this show. Yeah. Yes. Exciting. Still waiting for you to take the classes. Well, yeah, yeah yes. you know, someday I'll start driving, you know. Come someday, on, Les. You know. Well, the I motorcycle. I think we yeah. should play leader I'll, of the pack. Yeah. I'll, I'll do the motorcycle. I'll get the motorcycle training okay. and then um, probably crash. <laughs> so our Office of High School Partnerships, all of this programming is made possible through the work of close to 30 staff, faculty, and part-time adjunct faculty, and about 125 high school teachers in our service area who are approved to teach college-level dual credit coursework. I would say Chemeketa is very committed to supporting the high school students in our service area, and we have just about something for everyone who is interested in furthering their education. Well, and keep in mind, Les, right, our service district is... 2,600 square miles. So it's okay. Marion, Polk, Yamhill County, all those three counties, and then Lynn County up the canyon. Isn't it something like 30-something high schools that we serve? We serve 33 high schools. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a huge. pretty... Yeah. And, and they're the range, too, of high schools in terms of size and composition and location, all those things. And then the programs that they might have or want to connect with us on. It's it's a it's a lot. It is. And it takes a lot of people to make all this work. There's a, a lot of good opportunities in our region. And the biggest thing is, if you think you might know something that you want to do, the best thing to do is just ask, because we have a lot going on. That was a huge list you ran across at the beginning. Yeah. So, do you have them all memorized? Uh, uh, no, because I, you know, I have a hard time with my own name sometimes. But maybe what's the the most popular one? Is I know it's hard to pick. It is because um, they're all wonderful. They're all really good, and they all serve unique purposes. I think it just depends on what you're interested in furthering your education in. So perhaps you're interested in obtaining your GED, and you're a youth, and high school turned out to not be maybe the best track for you. For those students, youth GED programming is essential, and we offer that at all of our locations and at the Croc Center. That's a great opportunity for students to engage in getting more education. Um, early college is always exciting and people love to talk about that. Is that a particular term, early college, or is yes. it just when you first start out college? Early college is where our high school students in our region come onto a campus location and take college courses with one of our faculty or adjunct faculty. Okay. And so that happens at a Chemeketa location, which is different than our College Credit Now program where the students take the college classes at their home high school. It's mostly for high school age, right? We go with the the state uh, has parameters around that. And so generally we serve, uh, it goes up to 21. Okay. Uh, but we, we predominantly have students 16 to 20 in our programs. Okay. Minimum 16. Not a minimum. Ah. We have sometimes uh, young students that are very accelerated and are coming to take college courses at 12, 14, 15 years Oh, really? Old. Yes. The youngest was 12? We think so. More or less. Are they a yeah, doctor now at age 16? You know, one of those kind of kids. They're brilliant. <laughs> yes, Einstein came to Chemeketa. You probably did not know that. Yeah, that might have been a few years ago. Yeah, you it, know, was, it was a few, bit of time. Yeah. But, it's, but it's, it's remarkable, too, that you have that kind of range of, you know, student yes. in the program. 
Yeah. Yeah. So whether you want to learn how to drive or you're taking calculus or one of the cybersecurity courses, uh, there it is. There are lots of options. Why does everybody look at me about learning how to drive? <laughs> We're worried about your, your motorcycle competency. So tell us about this yeah. the grant or the grants. Yeah, plural. plural. It's been a it's been a busy January for Shemekata. So the first one I wanted to talk about was uh, an exciting grant connected to our College Credit Now program for our dual credit students. So again, those are students taking classes at their home high school. And uh, this is a four-year grant that was awarded through the Department of Education's Rural Post-Secondary and Economic Development Program. So that's their official title. I wanted to yes. put that in there. So the biggest thing is that the funds will be used to, su to support the expansion of career and technical education dual credit. That's what we call CTE, um, generally the acronym. And we're really working on developing hybrid CTE and combined school enrollment models, looking at innovative technological improvements in the classrooms and in the course content, enhancing and advising uh, for bridge and transitions to college, and then, of course, providing teachers with effective technology and professional development. So um, it's a... a really exciting grant uh, that we'll be doing over the course of four years. And so... These are um, some really big initiatives that we're planning for Chemeketa and for the high schools within our service district. But you're probably wondering, what does that mean for students? What does it mean for students? <laughs> Thank you, Les. You're welcome. So it really is going to mean offering more dual credit courses at high schools within CTE. And they will have, students will have more access to bilingual advisors, more support for our CTE dual enrollment teachers offering courses at the rural high schools, and lastly, more outreach to our rural and Latino Latinx families. So Chemeketa already has a really strong partnership with Juntos. And are you familiar with Juntos? I think Jessica is. I am, yes. I'm not sure Les is. No, I'm not, but that's okay. Uh, so, Juntos is a, a, a program intentionally designed to support pathways to higher education for Latinx youth and families. And so, this grant really expands those partnerships and begins to support connecting families uh, with information about dual credit. And does it connect with them also through high school or? or yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, I had a little qu quick question. Yeah, but go but for you, it. when you said you know, someone's looking for the GED, interested in the GED, is that then someone who's not in high school, so how do you find them? Well, that's a good question. So we have, um, for the students that are not in high school that are interested in GED, we generally have strong partnerships with community-based organizations okay. that will often mm -hmm. refer students um, to the programs or do outreach. We also sometimes get uh, inquiries from families who say, you know, can I share some information with my student or uh, just students who come in and say, I really have decided maybe I want to do this. Um, and they're brave enough to ask. And so we welcome them in. Okay. So Sarah, I have a question about these exciting grants yeah. that have the term and concept rural associated with them. Yeah. So we have all of these high school districts that we serve and you know, how rural is rural? Who, who qualifies, I guess? How Rural is Rural is based on a federal definition mm -hmm. through the Department of Education. Mm -hmm. So they get to decide who is rural and who is not. And so uh, we, we base it on that. 
what I would say for our region, which is um, unique and that we do have quite a few rural schools, even though they're in close proximity to maybe more suburban or urban areas. Uh, but many of the the smaller high schools in our region are considered rural. And so um, as such, like for our purposes in operating of the grant, we look at uh, students' ability to access uh, campus site locations, um, how much dual credit is at their home high school. There's a lot of uh, factors that go into that, but the specific de definition is related to a federal designation. So, so it, can I just ask you? Yeah. So, like, is Brooks rural? So Jervis High School is Jervis. closest to that, and yes, Jervis is considered okay. rural and um, is one of our partners. Is and Woodburn rural? Woodburn is, depending on which designation you look okay. at, it can go in or out of being rural, but mm -hmm. we generally consider it yes. Okay. Um, so it's just this, it's a case by case. Yes. Uh, generally speaking, uh, schools within Salem... Or so, so the Salem-Kaiser yeah. School District are not considered rural, mm -hmm. and um, Portland is not considered rural. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. And a lot of other things are. <laughs> so. Well, so there's a lot of opportunity then through these grants to try to increase the number of college options. Oh, yes. No matter where you are. No matter. Yeah, because I think that's one of the challenges we have. You know, you've got little, little towns all over our huge service district, yeah. and, you know, Location matters, right? Their ability to access mm -hmm. the college and the and the campuses that we have. So this is we're going out to them, essentially with this with these grants. Yes. Yeah, so okay. we really want to support students. So if you're a student in Fall City, as an example, you want to have um, opportunities and access to college. So how do we work with your school to make that happen? And these this grant and the one I'll talk about next are ways for us to do that. Okay. Let's go to the next one. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yes. So the second grant we received um, just this week or last week. I know. It's so exciting. Yes, it is. So that <laughs> one is the Perkins Innovation and Modernization Grant. They had uh, a new opportunity for that. It's the first time we've it's ever been offered and we received it. I think we were one of four colleges, four community colleges, four community colleges. The rest of the grantees were K-12 related. Yeah. And there were only 19 in the nation that got right. it. That's right. So... That's good, yeah. It's it's good. It's it's very good. Um, the really th interesting thing about this one is um, it still focuses on rural students, but we're working on bringing career pathway alignment to our dual credit program. So what that means is that it's intentional dual credit in high demand CTE pathways, maybe like cybersecurity, maybe cybersecurity, <laughs> making a link. But um, this particular one has some some specific programming attached to it. But uh, really, the focus is on those CTE pathways. And then the exciting part of this grant is that it's a partnership with Oregon Coast Community College. Yes, that is super exciting. Oregon yes. Coast is, if not if, if not the smallest, the next to smallest community college in the state. Tillamook Bay is the other one, the really really tiny. And so for us to be able to partner with them is is a real opportunity, I think, for them as well as us because they've got a special program in aquaculture. 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 How cool is that word? You know, and and you you knew that right away. You didn't have to pause or anything. That's yeah, Sarah knew. She knows. She okay. knows about aquaculture. I about I'm in the know. Um, I even learned that Oregon Coast Community College does student cruises 
in aquaculture. So anyway, you'll now that's, that's nice. exciting for next time. Yes. Okay. I'll leave it on a yes. cliffhanger. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, I you know, Sarah, you have so much going on. Our the high school partnerships area of Chemeketa is robust. It is firing on all cylinders. It's incredibly exciting. And then when Senators Merkley and Wyden's offices call me because they need a quote immediately because we just got some amazing federal grant. This Both of these were all about the work that we're doing through our high school relationships. So I just want to appreciate you and um, very glad that we were you were able to squeeze us into your schedule. Well, thank you so much. I'm always happy to do that. <laughs> well, and for all of our listeners, if you want to know more about what you've just heard, be sure to email us at chatter at chemeketa.edu. You can also send us comments about the show or suggestions for future topics. Again, that email address is chatter at chemeketa.edu. It has been another jam-packed episode, but I've learned so much. And I hope everyone listening has too. We'll be back again soon with another information-filled show. Tune in next time, same chat time, same chat channel for Chatting with Chemeketa. I'm Les Wilgus. And I'm Jessica Howard. Bye. Bye.